Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hello, good morning. It's uh, April 17th and it's snowing out there. <laughs> but as I said yesterday, we, we can't complain. We don't have three feet of snow on the ground. Uh, my sister's in Chicago. I don't know what the what the snow level is there. Suze, what, what, what do you guys have? Well, no, we're, we lucked out. Um, today it is probably around 30 degrees and sunshine for the first time in three days. But we had pretty much three days of rain with um, snow interspersed, but we never had more than an inch. Our mother, however, yeah. whom I checked on just before I called in, yeah. um, went out yesterday yeah. and handed yeah. it to her. Yeah, she did. So she they had three feet of, over three feet of snow there. Yeah. She said, I mean, she snuck out with a friend for lunch, even though people are being told to please don't go out if you don't have to. But she said, my God, you've been, everyone was just desperate to get out because everybody had been imprisoned in their homes for two to three days so yeah you know when you have these historic weather events in uh, all over the country it's just really amazing it's amazing it really is and you know and it, it, it's interesting because for example we were discussing safety issues you know when this all started and realized that she needed to sleep with the with the window open in her bedroom because all of the furnace vents might be covered and there might be carbon, carbon monoxide, monoxide issues happening. Right, right. You know, it's like... <laughs> right, and she's talking you know, about when she's out now... Don't survive to yeah. accidentally kill yourself. And she's saying when she's in the car now, she's going in different... taking different routes because she doesn't want to have to make a turn if there's not a light or a stop because no one can see anybody else because you the can't snow... see around 12 foot corners right so she's she says i'm i'm thinking about it i don't want to turn in a situation where somebody wouldn't know i was uh couldn't see i was there god almighty so anyway th this was something i've been hanging on for some time but you know, the havoc that this uh, weather, climate change, is uh, having on um, nature is, is really, uh, you know, as usual, we're, we're not paying attention to that. We're paying attention to our own, our own issues with it. But um, there was a piece uh, that I read about how, you know, some species are going to be w wiped out uh, by this, plants and um, and uh, birds, oh, especially. Well, polar bears are like five well, yeah. minutes away. But here's here's what's happening though, in terms of spring not coming when it always has. Um, plants are are coming up before their pollinators, or the pollinators are arriving before the plants. And when this happens, and if one of the species or both don't don't start immediately uh, making recalibrating it, uh, they're screwed. They're screwed they're because both of a, screwed. yeah, they're both screwed. The pollen the pollinator doesn't have uh, their life cycle depends on each other. Right, and this is happening. And I read an article in which all of these um, all of these plants are doomed. There's a there's an orchid, uh, and you know you learn about who knew. I mean, the plants are so amazing. This is an orchid that relies on deception to reproduce. Women have been accused of that too. I know, in the past. But, <laughs> but uh, also men, may I point? Well, out. that's true too. Oh no, I'm sterile. Yeah. Uh -huh. Oh no. But uh, what th this orchid, um, it, its body looks like an insect, and uh, it releases a pheromone that tricks <laughs> male bees into thinking that it is a queen bee. 
And uh, without that deception of these clueless male bees, uh, that orchid would cease to exist. It's called pseudocopulation. And it only works because that orchid blooms in a very specific little window uh, shortly after these lone male bees emerge from hibernation before the female bees appear. I mean, it is, it, think of, think of the, all these things have to happen, and this, this has been working like this for the orchid forever. But now things are all screwed up, and uh, these flowers are not being pollinated, and it, it really is assumed that uh, they're they're finished. They're not going to make it. Well, let me just say something though. The, the people have been working to to in in, in uh, anticipation of this for years. For example, the botanical garden in St. Louis houses um, you know DNA and and seedlings and whatever it takes on every plant known. Well, actually, and no. For there's precisely that precisely these yeah, reasons. Yeah. Well, the, actually, there's you that. You know, and somebody needs to save one of those bees, and someone needs to save one of these orchids, and then when things settle down to a new norm, you reintroduce, and they have successfully reint- reintroduced both animals and um, plants. Well. Yeah, well, there is that uh, international seed bank that is like underground in some. It's like a you know secure There's location. A, there are a few of them, but in yeah, the, um, they exist. This is somewhere in uh, uh, I'm thinking Norway or something like that. And uh, yeah, there is that effort, but who the hell knows? Also, I just want to give a shout out to the snowshoe hare. A uh, cute little bunny rabbit that uh, stays alive because through camouflage, so that in the winter it's white, and in the spring it turns brown, and it's getting screwed because it's staying white it's when it's supposed to be soon. brown and brown when it's supposed to be white, and uh, well, I'll tell you, it's main. Predator is the lynx, and uh, the lynxes are happy about this, but the uh, the hares are taking it on the chin. <laughs> There's something funny about that, but I I don't know. I'm thinking of chin hairs. Uh, okay. So I got one more little thing here, and then we'll get into some of the meteor issues. Um, I love this story. So th- this teenage girl, she's uh, 19, with a great name. Listen to her name. Vega Blossom. Does it sound like a stripper? Vega strip- Blossom? Sounds like a stripper, doesn't it? Okay. Vega, V-E-G-A. Vega Blossom. Oh, V-E-G-A, not Vega, like a... Like a v- Vega, V, as in Victor. Okay. Yeah, Vega Okay, Vega. Okay. Blossom. Vega Blossom. Got it. She's 19 years old, and she is, um, well, she's big. I mean, she's heavy. And she was, uh, this is somewhere in Indiana. She's in at a bakery. She's standing in line, and she hears some jerk woman behind her say this. Let's hope this fat bitch doesn't buy all the cupcakes. Do you believe that? And so the good news is, is Vega Blossom hearing that and having actually a little wad in her pocket, stepped up and bought all the friggin' cupcakes. I love it. Yay, Vega. $54 worth of cupcakes. She'd gone in for one. Um, Doesn't matter. No. Okay, and now, Susan, before, and because you're a good BSer and you're better at science than I, um, I want you to listen 
I have read this thing once or twice, and I still am blown away. But I want you to see if you can follow this. Uh, it's essentially a machine that has been developed, a device that has been developed that can read our minds. In other words, you don't have, you just have to think about something and it understands. I'll just read what I'm looking at here. Well, that's dangerous. Well, duh. Listen. Oh, my God. Researchers from MIT have created a wearable device that can recognize nonverbal prompts like thought. So essentially reading your mind. Uh, now, wait a minute. Do they say like thoughts? It said verbal, nonverbal cues. Nonverbal prompts. A thought is not a cue. And then they say essentially reading your mind. Okay, but did they say your thoughts? No, they say essentially, comment? they also said essentially reading your mind. They said. It's called the alter okay, ego. Okay, but they didn't use the, the word thoughts. Yeah, they did. Okay. Seuss. The quote is, can recognize nonverbal prompts essentially reading your mind. That's a quote. Okay, that answers my question okay, perfectly. Yeah. Thank okay, you. Okay, okay. So it's called the alter ego, and you wear it. It loops around your ear, then comes down around your jawline, and, mm -hmm. and attaches like right underneath your mouth. <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of it, and it doesn't look all that different from maybe, uh, you know, somebody wearing a head mic, but it's it sort of touches under your mouth and comes along your, your, your jaw. And it uh, contains electrodes that detect, and here again, quote, detect neuromuscular signals in your jaw and in your face mm -hmm. that are activated by internal verbalizations. Internal verbalizations, or in other words, the words you're saying in your head. Yeah, but that does make sense to me, because it's not the words you're saying in your head. It's the reaction that your body has to what you are thinking. So, for example, my dog communicates to me beautifully non-verbally. He will, you know, stand in front of me, and then he will stare pointedly at what he wants. I know, but you I'm have not learned his mind. You have learned to I'm, understand I'm his verbal. Yeah, his, his that's non -verbal right. Cues. But so, this is so this, your your jaw tightens when you're about when you're resolved to do something. You, you there are all these little things that happen in one's body in response to. Or, or, or imminent action. Okay. And this machine or this sensor it, it has been, they have been able to program it with what those things are, program them into this, and you add them up, and it amounts to if, if this happens, this happens, and this happens along the jawline, the action about to happen is this. It would be unique, though, to every person. So the device would have to learn the person right i mean well, not everybody no there's only x number of different ways that the impulses work and and it reads those okay. and which may, might be different in each person but they add up to the same things when the machine interprets each of those different things that are occurring in that person <laughs> okay listen to this invisible to the human eye these signals are fed into a machine learning system that associates specific signals with words. So a user can control other devices without any movements or audible voice commands. 
For instance, in a video demonstrating this thing, a completely immobile user that is wearing one is able to scroll through a video menu by simply thinking directions. So he thinks... Well, that, it, wouldn't that be wonderful for people with Lou Gehrig's disease? Ah, uh, yeah! And in tests, the device showed 92% accuracy when trained on... Now, listen, you, you end up having to sort of train, I guess, each one, when trained on the relatively limited vocabulary of 20 words. So this is still obviously in development, but you're right. Imagine somebody who cannot... You'll be able to this thing, put this thing on, and it will be able to understand what you want done. Well, geez, I mean, you know, I'd be wearing one all the time when I was walking in Chicago. And, you know, when I, if someone threw me in the trunk I'd, I'd, and tied my hands behind my back, I'd say, <laughs> What? I'm in the trunk of a car. What would it say? I, Open the or trunk? Or close the door. I mean, you know, it can be used in all sorts of nefarious ways as well. It's, you know. Well, that's all. Unfortunately, stuff, yes, the, the, of course. Because unfortunately, Susan, we <laughs> you immediately think of a positive. Oh, imagine what this would do with somebody with ALS. On the other hand, bad people always whoa right right and they right. always I ruin mean, you know, everything you can kidnap someone and be across the room and 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 <laughs> order a robot to close the door and lock it oh god <laughs> or order the door to close itself and lock it you have to wire your whole house for this stuff to work unbelievable all right so but that wasn't hard to understand Liz. well i mean it creeps me out. Okay, but that's different. I mean, essentially, you could strap this thing on and it reads your mind. I mean, that's where I sort of, like, just started to freak. Um, and I've often, I've had a fantasy. When I used to be a television reporter, I used to have this fantasy. And I'm sure it's, it'll come true if it hasn't already. To me, it was total science fiction. But... In doing a story, I was always uh, constrained, ultimately, by the pictures that the photographer provided me, right, um, of whatever it was I wanted to put cobble together into a, a, a story. And in my mind, I would see exactly what I wanted I'd like that and then you know you go in and then you sort of pull back and you do this that and of course there was no way I could micromanage a photographer like that they'd kill you um, but I used to dream that my eyes were cameras and and in just thinking what I no, I don't think we're far away from that no I don't I don't either I, I don't either I could literally create the video I wanted by looking at it and imagining. I don't know. But, yeah, it, of course, you're right. Every, everything. You could zoom in and out at will. Yeah, yeah, well, we're getting pretty close to that one. That's not such fantasy. I know. All right, so um, Sean Hannity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, he screws himself just by by his own words. You know, he's on the one hand, he's claiming attorney-client, or they're claiming attorney-client right. privilege. Right, exactly. And on the other hand, Sean Hannity is he's saying, not my I lawyer. never paid that guy yeah, a dime. Right, he's not my lawyer. Yeah, yeah he's I not my lawyer, any. and more importantly, I never paid him for advice. Now, you don't hate... The, the the privilege arises out of the contractual relationship right. between client and attorney. Right, and he was saying so none, if none there exists. Is no contractual relationship. There is no right. Um, you There's know, no there attorney no privilege. client and, privilege. Right. Uh, you know, so I don't know what it is, and I don't know whether it's anybody's business. But neither one of them can claim that it's not. It's off limits. It's not exactly uh, by at least uh, at least until. Um, one of them is proven a liar. Well, I mean, Hannity essentially 
called, yeah, then Cohen and his attorney liars because they said he was. I mean, it is, these guys, it would do a disservice to. Well, he said that he consulted with them, that no third party was involved, and he never paid him a cent. And the only thing important about that is the third one. Well, he's just saying. That's all I'm saying. Because all. he never paid him a cent is the thing that gives rise to privilege. All Cohen um, ever seems to do for any buddy that we're aware of is is pay hush money to women they've uh had affairs with or knocked up that i mean if you look at the three clients that were his other clients other than donald trump who we now know um are well this is elliot brody or brody who is the deputy finance chair of the no, the ex-deputy finance chair. Yes, the ex-deputy finance chair. Of, yes, and he yeah. used Cohen to uh, pay off a Playboy bunny who had become pregnant by him. Um, and then we had... Right. And whom he wanted to have an abortion, you know, because that's what... Um, um, self-righteous Republican pro-life <laughs> men do. Yes, they yes, have yes. their mistresses get abortions. Always get abortions while they deny. Always. Yes, while they deny like that right. It's like the number one us. rule in the right. Republican man's handbook. Right, abort, abort, abort. Um, right. And also, well, while we're there, and the funny thing is, is that let's name, there were three people who held that position for the Republican uh, National Committee, the deputy um, finance chair. No, actually two. Um, and they were Elliot Broidy, who now in in um, shame has uh, or embarrassment has resigned that position. The other one is Michael Cohen. Do you know that's his position? <laughs> that's his position. Deputy Finance Chair. Yeah. You've got to have you gotta have a slush fund for crying out loud. Oh my god, he's the deputy finance chair of the Republican National Committee and the third, no, the head of the, the committee head, or former committee head, was guess who? Steve Wynn, W-Y-N-N, the, I, na- yeah, yeah, the yeah, now yeah, yeah. disgraced casino honcho, who is disgraced because he apparently was engaging in sexual uh, malfeasance left and right in his uh, well, company. Yeah, I mean, but let's, let's, let's be here, fair here. I mean, the only thing that mitigates against assuming that Hannity, you know, is one of those kinds is, is where he works. I mean, you know, Fox News wouldn't be a party to that sort of a thing. <laughs> and anyway, don't they have their own fixers? You just go right to HR and say, I've knocked up well, some right. bimbo. Well, maybe that's Can you... why he wasn't really using Cohen. Maybe he was just checking with Cohen to see if what this what the in-house people were doing was correct. You know, if all you knew of humanity and manhood uh, was these Republicans on display, my God, you would just say, "Let's just give it up." And I mean, this is the most. Let's disp- just uh, get yeah. some sperm, put it away, and yeah. get rid of these things. Yeah, let's we don't just need them. enough. I mean, enough, enough. What a repulsive... Really, I mean, you know, we expect, you know, whole whole religious institutions to stand up and disavow the more radical among them. Well, I think all you guys need to stand up and throw the bums out. You're in a conspiracy of silence. You need to stand up and say, I'm not a bum, but that one is. And then you Help sit, us out here. And imagine the evangelicals <laughs> standing with them. Man, standing with them shoulder to shoulder with these most despicable, immoral uh, human beings. It's, it's, did you see the cartoon? I'm going back to using a phrase that I think works very, very well. I just think we should start asking people what Jesus would do again. (laughs) They wouldn't know what Jesus would do. I'll tell you what Jesus would do. and And this is their guy. Because you think if you, there's a war in Christianity and this is your guy, the enemy is you. You think Jesus Jesus wouldn't even bother throwing the money changers out. He'd be too busy cleaning out all of Washington D.C. and the Republican Party. 
Um, oh, my God. What disgusting human beings. We got a call. He might be rescuing all the Mary Magdalene's. God. Unbelievable. Uh, wait, I'm going to get to the call in just one second. Did you, there was a great cartoon I saw with a group of evangelicals who were, you know, looking at, looking at a cross on a hill. And Donald Trump was embracing the cross. And the evangelicals were looking on and in such delight that their leader was such a man of religion. And the little bubble over Donald Trump's head while he's embracing this cross is he's looking up at it and he says, a T for Trump. Oh, I did see that one. Oh, my God. Okay, we got a call. Hello, caller? Yeah, hello, Lynn. Yeah. Hey, uh, I'll make this real quick. This is a continuation of yesterday when you talk about the unarmed black men. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this article where this lady wrote that freelance writer that you black men should have a curfew. It was pertaining to that black unarmed Clark. Can you believe that? I mean, was it yeah, written? Was it written sarcastically, it written, or it's a Newsweek story? I mean, was it written sarcastically that you black guys should be uh, in bed by yes. nine so you won't be killed? Or? Yes, they should be in, and you won't get killed then, I guess. But I'm saying she wasn't serious. Ah, uh, no, I, I no, like she, she was. What? She was, yeah. That's all what? I got. I'll see you. All right, bye. What? Are you kidding me? She was saying the yeah. We're going to imprison you for your own safety. So I mean, the we've answer got, we've for got what? Two thirds of you in jail now for marijuana, and the other third we're just going to imprison because it's not safe for you on our streets anymore. Unbelievable. I love white people solutions. You know, I got to tell you, I was saying yesterday, Susan. I mean, I am, I am so ashamed. Um. I'm just so ashamed. I can't even. Hey, um, you know, the Philly Starbucks is um, in, well, obviously Philly. Uh, it's in uh, the Rittenhouse Square area, which is a very, of course, Tony, white, wealthy neighborhood. And um, the Pennsylvania ACLU, which is headquartered in Philadelphia, and run by a extraordinarily brilliant black man, Reggie Shuford. Uh, Reggie uh, wrote a little piece about this because as a black man in the United States and in Philly, he knows all about uh, you know this kind of stuff. And he points out that that neighborhood... Um, has the highest racial disparities in terms of who cops stop in the entire city of Philly. Listen to this. In the most recent report on stop and frisk last year shows that 67%, two, more than two-thirds of all the stops that cops made in that neighborhood were of black people. Not necessarily doing anything wrong, but they got stopped and questioned. They didn't for belong there. And that they is didn't why, belong there because only white folks live there. Well, it turns out they, they, they constitute 67% of the stops while they make up 3% of the population. Ta-da! I mean... That's that's what they do. That's what they did in, in the suburbs of St. Louis. You know, if you were a white person, if you were a black person, you were suspect. You didn't live there. Yeah. And uh, it's beyond belief. And I saw that Starbucks has said that the manager who made that call no longer is in working in that store. But that doesn't that doesn't say they fired them or suspended them. No, they did. What? Person, which says that they, they do not find that 
you know, here's the part that I don't get. Starbucks actively fosters uh, bring your computer, use this as exactly. your workplace, right. sit here all day with one cup of coffee, have a meeting here. I don't care if the person you're meeting has anything. Use up our space. So, I mean, that's their business model. Yeah. Uh, is for what they so, would and plus for the story people. changed the first time i heard this reported it was they wouldn't buy anything then it was that they were waiting for a friend and the wouldn't buy anything part of the story disappeared no and they asked to use the bathroom and they hadn't bought anything it's unbelievable right. they couldn't because they hadn't bought anything you know somebody did a video i think in starbucks just yesterday somewhere else um a guy and he was filming surreptitiously this the whole time. He asked to use the bathroom at this Starbucks. And um, somehow, I, I can't quite remember, but he was denied access. You, you have to be given the code to let yourself in the bathroom door. And he was denied because I guess he hadn't ordered anything yet or something like that. Um so he went over to the bathroom and he just sort of waited around and lo and behold and he's filming this, a white guy comes out and he stops the white guy and says so you got the code from the manager and he said yeah and he said well had you bought any were you asked if you'd purchased any he said no and i hadn't bought anything so the two of them the white guy and the black guy go back to the manager and and the black guy says, hey, he just came out. You gave him the code. You didn't give me. And she starts freaking out and telling them to leave the Starbucks, that she was going to call the police or whatever. She totally flips. This is the same place? No. It's another one. A different one. Yeah. Well... So they got they got a um, either um, astonishingly unconscious discrimination problem in their in their managerial styles, or um, they're just a flat out racist organization. I happen to think it's the first. Well, they come on like they're the most progressive uh, company imaginable. Didn't they have some anti-racism uh, signs that little well, they, things on their yeah. cups and stuff? Let's all get together or something like that. I mean, I don't know. What unbelievable. Yeah, but I mean, when you hire people, you can't say are you, you're hiring people that are reflecting the mores of their communities. <sighs> God. Okay, I've got a little statistic here, which is also depressing. I'm sorry. Um, the number of people killed by guns in this country, okay? All homicides, no, of all murders in the United States in 2016, literally 75% of them were done by guns. And listen to this. You, yeah, I mean, most of us would say, yeah, so big shock. 75% of all the murders done by guns in the United States. These are the most recent stats. And... That, ladies and gentlemen, is higher than it was in the 1920s with Al Capone and the gangsters shooting up every place and all that kind and of stuff. the Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah. I mean, they made a movie out of that because it was so rare. I know. Well, we that looks like, uh, you know, a Pollyanna, wondrous, wonderful time of peace in the United States compared to now and we don't even realize it we just accept it the share of total homicides committed by gun is now higher than it was in the early 20s at the start of prohibition also higher than the early 90s with the peak of that of the crack fueled crime wave remember all of that um, we've surpassed anything this country has ever seen before and we do nothing oh no that's not true we um we take
take out our hatred on traumatized teenagers who yeah. respond positively to such trauma by creating a, um, a more safe climate regarding gun control rules, you know, and, and do you we know, do you make know sure who that was, they get more death threats. Yeah. You know who was tweeting, um, uh, who was doing that and bullying, um, I don't know if it was specifically David Hogg or just these kids. Do you, and, and, and when it's caught... It's usually David Hogg. They've taken yeah, off after him. And when caught, uh, she deleted it, but somebody had taken a screenshot. She's out there. Clarence Thomas's wife, Ginny. Ginny Thomas yep. is about as hateful a bullying right-wing lunatic as you can imagine. And she's out there dumping on these kids. A Supreme Court justice's wife. Unbelievable. I'm telling you, Republicans, how anyone of good conscience can be a member of this party in this time is beyond me. Absolutely beyond me. Yeah. Susan, you sent uh, your family members uh, a little piece that I enjoyed um, about the head of Penzi Spice Company. And Penzi Spices, we've got one that I'm aware of in the Strip District here. It's just a beautiful store. Um, and it is, and their spices. I have to. Say, I give them really as good. gifts frequently. They're really delicious and yeah. fresh, and um, and it's just it's just a fun place to go. So, um, yeah, it's be- It's beautiful, and it smells real good. Uh, and it's headquartered in uh, in Wisconsin, and it is the largest, I guess, independent. Is it the largest independent uh, spice company? Uh, largest, yeah, privately owned yeah, spice largest independent in spice States, retailer, right? And the guy who owns it, his name is Penzi. Um, a week after Donald Trump was elected, uh, the guy who owns this company that has stores all over the country uh, sent an email to thousands of people all the customers whose emails he had, people who purchased products in his store, and he said this, the open embrace of racism by the Republican Party in this election is now unleashing a wave of ugliness unseen in this country for decades. The American people are taking notice. Let's commit to giving the people a better choice. Now, what is a cardinal rule of, uh, you know, of corporate marketing? You, you don't put yourself out there like that because obviously this thing, it's not just Democrats that shop at Penzi Spices. Buy your spices. And so he was literally uh, calling some of his customers uh, racists. Now, this is something, though, that this guy has done for a long time. He has catalogs. He um, is always appending little personal notes and his opinions. Um, throughout the years, he's, uh, he's gone after uh, low teacher pay, uh, whites fleeing urban areas, uh, things like that, uh, the use of uh, disparaging Native American iconography in the sporting world. And um, he does this constantly, and guess what? Here's what I want to say. He says he hadn't heard him at all. In fact, business has picked up. And he said two weeks after that election, post-election email he sent, Uh, There was, of course, a right-wing firestorm that came at him and his company, and it cost him, he thinks, 3% of his customer base. But at the same time, 
his online sales rose nearly 60% at the same time, and his sales of gift boxes increased by more than 120%. And there so, you go. And so he tells business is this. If as a company you have values, now is the time to share them. Yes, you may well lose a chunk of your AM radio listening customers, but if you really are honest and sincere, don't be surprised to see your promotions suddenly find active engagement with the millennial generation and with others. He has not been hurt in the least. And I'm telling you all this so you go next time you need a spice, head down to the Strip District and go to Penzi Spices. That's a guy who's unafraid to um, say what he wants. And, uh, you know, he the puts his money where his mouth is. Yeah. And if he loses some, but it's in the right, it's in the proper cause, well, that's what, that's what, an ethical basis to your life is supposed to be about. Mm -hmm. If you're against something, you don't participate in it. That is correct. Um, Rosemary says, where is Clarence? Clarence was uh, heard from not too long ago when I had the um, Eric Leegy on the show. Uh, Clarence called in. That was just about a week or so ago. Jeez. He's got this friggin' fan base. Yeah, I know. Well, he's, yeah, he does have a fan base. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's out and about in the community, you know. He's a nice guy. He's a man of specific opinions, uh, yes. Anyway, yeah. Suze, um, something happened in yeah. the state capitol here um, in Harrisburg yesterday that has happened in a few other uh, states as well. You know, how they get their marching orders from the, um, you know, like the Koch brothers who come up with these ideas. and Right, right, right. And, from and, a think tank that writes right, their legislation right, for right. them, yeah. Yeah. I forget, is it called ALEC? The, um, yeah, that, that's where most of this crap comes from. Anyway, our House of uh, Representatives uh, voted overwhelmingly yesterday that that to prohibit abortions based on a diagnosis or even a belief that the fetus has Down syndrome. Um, they did this without holding a single public hearing, without input from doctors, parents who have been in you know, have had this come up in their lives and listened to, you know, how they dealt with it. Um, and this, again, the brilliance, in fact, of uh, the anti-abortion folks is that they just, they don't care if it's, con it's not constitutional. There's no way that's constitutional. There's no way that a woman, uh, given Roe v. Wade, can be compelled to uh, essentially, no, she's it, got an absolute right to make that. To that's make a her that decision. decision for any reason, right? Up up to you know whatever weeks. your state right. allows in terms of weeks. Well, state law here is 24 weeks, um, although it does not allow termination based on gender. Um, critics say this is like state-imposed pregnancy. How dare this? Yeah, well, it is. How dare this? bunch of men and it's overwhelmingly men how dare this much bunch well, of men? here's what i have to say to women the way around this rule is simply do not allow your doctor to do any tests for downs if if it doesn't matter to you and you would keep that child anyway but you would like to know simply do not have any of that test or ask for any information about that at all until after 24 weeks then when you go to your doctor, you can say honestly that that has nothing to do with it. This is, that's, you know, not the reason. But, you know, I don't know what else uh, to uh, say. Uh, uh, uh. Um, a lot You'd of have to abort without knowing. 
listen, um, there, there's an opinion piece actually in the New York Times today written by a, um, a man who he and his wife uh, were told they were carrying, um, she was carrying a Down syndrome child and uh, they agonized about what to do. They, they looked into, you know, they researched it, they did all this stuff, and, and their decision was they went ahead and had their child, uh, whose name is Aaron, and who's been around in their lives now for uh, some time, and they don't regret their decision one bit, but he says, my wife and I are pro-choice and we are opposed to placing limits on abortion. He says, nonetheless, I wish more people would choose as we have. And for this to happen, we don't need laws. We just need more people to educate themselves about what it is to have um, a child with Down syndrome. There's another, there's a story in a lo the local paper here um, from a woman who did the same thing. Choosing, she says, choosing to continue our pregnancy was our decision, but we don't want politicians in Harrisburg making that choice for any other woman facing similar circumstances. It is for the parents of the child to make that decision they, they another woman you know, i mean it's it's it, i it, let's be honest it, it's not like well first of all children with downs uh you know are are coming with a range of capabilities right. and and needs right uh just like any other kid right right but at at the at the um at the end of the spectrum where the child is not performing as well as others could, it's an extremely expensive proposition. Right. right. And the thing is child. It doesn't mean that you don't want that child it's or just you saying don't want I can't. that child, but I, you might not be able to provide for that exactly child. Exactly right. And that's why these self righteous jerks in Harrisburg um, deciding that they can impose upon a woman and a family to take on this responsibility without knowing anything about their situation, their capacity. And there's a there's a interview uh, that I'm looking at here about another woman and her husband, and they agonized when they learned. They agonized. What do we do? They, too, did all the things that anybody would. They didn't jump to conclusions. They, and, one of, and they decided to abort. And they decided, in large part, because they were so worried. Neither of them have siblings or have family around them. They did not have the kind of network of support that they felt they would need and they were very worried if they should die, uh, you know, who was going to take care of their child. So they decided... They well, and I guarantee you that, this, that, the, that the legislature in Pennsylvania and most of the other states certainly are not increasing their budgets See, that's to help it. families in no. this situation no. with the associated costs. Exactly right. They don't and say, we are mandating <clears throat> that you have this uh this child and you know good luck to you whether or not we have uh, we're, we're putting more money into programs to give the kind of support needed for people who have children with these kinds of uh these kinds of disabilities they don't go into that at all this is simply about putting themselves inserting themselves in a choice that obviously should only belong to the people who will be affected by it. And this assumption that people willy-nilly ab do abortions is so offensive to me. You know, well, Susan, when I, Susan, when I adopted, I had to, this was very, 
you know, when you start an adoption process and you're working with an agency, um, you have to go jump through so many hoops, it's incredible. You have to answer questions like, would you accept a child with, and then there's all, I remember going through this thing of all these disabilities. Would you, would you, for your child, accept a child with Down syndrome? Would you accept a blind child? Would you accept, you know, a child with numerous, this and that? And I, you know, I remember the agony I felt filling that out because I like to think of myself as a good person and I was forced to instead think what could I, knowing me, knowing I would be a single parent, what could I handle? Could I be a good parent? To, and I ended up saying no to a lot, saying no, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. And I felt shame for doing that. And yet, I was just imagining my own, knowing me, knowing how um, I didn't think I could handle it by myself. The questions are there not because there's a right or a wrong answer, but to force you to, to think about these issues and to answer honestly. Because the last thing they want is to give a child with special needs to someone who decides two days later, I can't do this, and gives them back. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, we all have different capacities, abilities, um, and, you know... Things that, were, things that we're flat out good at. You know, and, and, and by the way, Lynn, I have no question... And this is not in any way demeaning you, but to say that you were correct in your in sizing up what you could and couldn't handle. Yeah, I'm too. I'm I'm too. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I I think you and I agree that being a parent of a a perfectly, <laughs> you know, supposedly not too whole just sort of normal issued child is more is than enough. Daunting enough as yeah. a single parent. Yeah, daunting enough as a as a two-parent family. Well, and also, I was not only a single parent, but I was old. I was well into my 40s. Right. And so I was, the possibility, I had to even ask myself the question, are you too old to take this on? Right. Um, is, it, is it ethical to take a child into your life when you could well leave that child uh, orphaned? Um, so, you know, and again, you're working with a lot of unknowns, you know, who the heck knows, I, I, but yet to, to be forced to deal with this stuff is never a walk in the park as these SOBs in Harrisburg would believe that, that we are all just like, oh gosh, no, forget it. No, you agonize. You engage in, in self-reflection, self-criticism trying to come to terms with what is the best thing. You want to be able to be a good parent, right? And if there are other situations and forces that you think would preclude that or stress you to the point where you wouldn't be, I mean, uh-uh. I just... Well, you know, but the fact of the matter is you may well have been selling yourself short if you had given birth to a baby that had special needs, you would have grown into that's the right. job. Yes, you do. I mean, I that's, that's what people do. They, you fall in love with your child and that's you right. grow into that responsibility. Exactly. And you found that out as you went along and things happened with your child that scared the crap out of you. Yeah. You don't turn tail and run. You grow into the responsibility. Right. Exactly. Being, parenting is not for sissies. No. Life is not for sissies. Listen, just just waking up in the morning is not for sissies. <laughs> Aging is not for sissies. Hey, I came upon this quote by Vladimir, is you saying Nabokov or Nabokov? Nabokov, I think. Uh, both, I think. 
Well, if not, he wouldn't say both. Is it Sav or Salve? Uh, is it? Yeah. Susan and I and her daughter went back and forth the other night. What, it started with the two of you arguing about how to pronounce the, the word. I'm giving it to you now. S-A-L-V, as in Victor, E. S-A-L-V-E. And not surprisingly, Susan and I both say it the same way. Which is salve. 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 Her this daughter. Her daughter says salve. And they were going at it. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and then somebody. Until said, Lynn sends the deposit, the dispositive text. And which says simply pronounce H A L V E. <laughs> yeah, do you say H A L V? Do you say held that, or do you say have it? I mean, I don't know. Have it. It's but it turns out that dictionary. It depends on the dictionary. Some, both are correct for salve, salve and salve. I just think salve sounds weird. Mm-hmm. And the other one we, I think, mispronounced. Susan. Well, and I do think that it was originally pronounced that way, and, and English got lazy, and that became the pronunciation. So the other one, though. So people like you and me, um, you know, 80 years ago, were going nuts when people started saying lazy salve instead of self. Yeah, that's true. Now, the other <laughs> one that Susan and I pronounce in a way that I don't think many people do is little kids like to play with C-R-A-Y-O-N-S. C-R-A-Y-O-N-S. Crayons. Most people say crayons. C-R-A-N-S. Crayons. That's what it's... Susan and I say crayons. Well, we we really slur no, over that well, dip song. We say it's crayons. sort of there. It's sort of there, like no, in a pause. Crayons. I, I don't think you're 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 putting something in. I don't. I would always say crayons. Give me, you know, yeah, give me the, the burnt give me the burnt sienna crayon, C R A N, and that ain't. <laughs> I don't think that's right. So crayons and sand. That's color, burnt sienna. <laughs> Okay, well, now wait. I have to get to this Nabokov quote before we run out of time. And it sort of blew me away because I wondered if it was, if I agreed or not. Okay, everybody ready? He said, the word, it's another word thing, the word reality is one of the few words which means nothing without quotes around it in other words he is positing is he not that there is no such there, there isn't really such a thing right you cannot say it's, it's definitive. reality is in the uh, is is individual do you think that's true i have a call no because th that suggests that there are no objective facts and makes him a Trumpster of the first order. Yeah, that's what I think. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I do agree that we all have our own take on what reality looks like coming through our eyes and filtered through our emotions and brains. But that doesn't mean that there aren't indisputable facts that comprise a, an agreed-upon reality. Huh. Like the yeah. Earth is round. Okay. And we, you know, and we exist in an infinite universe. Okay. We've got just about a minute left, but we do have a caller, and I'll try to get the caller in with the proviso. We don't have a caller anymore. With the proviso that we've only got hey, a minute. Hi, it's Mike. Hi, hi Mike. Hey, how are you? Fine. I am looking at a book called The Pronunciation Dictionary of English of American English. Okay. On page Yay! 70, it says clearly that it's SAV, S-A-V. And that it's crayon in two syllables, not one, or triphthong crown. Yeah, well, I don't disagree <laughs> with either of those. 
it's salve, huh? It's not salve. So you can't go to a regular dictionary. You have to go to a special dictionary called the Pronunciation Dictionary. Okay. Salve okay. and crayon. And because but, it's standard American English, if you go to the British one, it could be different. Oh, yeah. But because we're all American, oh, yeah. how we pronounce it is salve and crayon. There you go. So, Susan, okay. we're, we're, we're... I'm still okay. American, but okay. I like my crayons. Crayons. <laughs> I still like crayons, Bye. too. Thank you, Mike. Crayons. That... <laughs> I, I don't care about the crayons. I'm more concerned about that damn salve. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, salvage. We don't say savage for salvage. Well, yeah, okay. well, that's the root. Yeah. And then, and so you you well, salve something, and you know, and in order to salvage it, and so yes, it's it's lazy English. Let's hear it for lazy English. All right, that's it. We're out of time. Um, Sue, thanks okay, so much. Bye. Appreciate it. <laughs> bye. God, she's... Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Bye. 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 Appreciate it. And uh, you guys, I'll see you to tomorrow, okay? Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.